So we read, a, uh, we began by reading from Luke. That's where it all started. So I'll just read the beginning again, just so that you can, can be thinking about it. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to moored men. You know, I thought of those shepherds. Now, I, some of them were awake, uh, but they could probably do their job with their ears. Uh, I know on my uh, farm, I can stick my head out the back door and I can hear if something's wrong. So if I could do that, I imagine these shepherds were catching a wink or two on their job, just kind of laying, figuring if something really bad's going on, you'll hear it. And as often happens in scripture, we zero in on somebody, maybe not at their best moment, and then that gets like frozen in time for all eternity. So there are moments in my life, particularly as we thought of the birth of the children, where maybe I wasn't on my A game. And maybe had you zeroed in on me, I might have been focused on something that to your mind might seem rather insignificant and to my wife's as well. But there, that's what it means to be human. I mean, they may have been just cold, like we felt it today. Has anyone thrown off their game the last day just by the cold? You're like, what, what's going on? What? Um, so little things can throw humans off. Surprisingly, number of little things can throw me off my game. But that's who we are. And some of the greatest moments happen when we are focused on something else, as these shepherds were. And they were woken up by an angel, told not to be afraid. They probably were still wondering if they were dreaming. And then they get this idea that this put before them that some good tidings, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Okay, um, I can imagine not getting it. And I thought, now we've had a couple thousand years to think about it. If we got to think about what those good tidings, and not of minor joy or passable joy, of great joy, we've had time to reflect. Um, just like now you can look at pictures and realize some significant point in your life. Uh, that's what we're doing right now. We're pausing on the eve of celebrating Christ's arrival into the world. And I wanted to ask you, what are some good tidings that have come because of them? So I got started writing uh, this morning of some different things. I've been mulling over, and I was amazed at the list I came up with. And I would encourage you to maybe do that uh, tomorrow. Just take a little bit of time and think what good tidings would you say now Jesus has brought into the world. So the one that, that popped up first for me was the peace. The scripture says he's got this peace. That is what we need. I mean, humans really need it. I need it. There's so many things that can stir our souls to know that the person who can really calm the storm is in the room with us is a gift that we cannot give each other. There's a gift of peace in me. 
There is this desire that he has to place joy in us. That's what humans long for. We long for joy, and we can't bring it to ourselves. Only God can bring us that joy. Imagine a world without joy. Imagine heaven with a God who's not joyful. You guys know what it's like when you're at a certain party or gathering, and it's going but not great, and then one person enters the room that brings life to it, and suddenly everybody's laughing and and coming to life. That's Jesus times, who knows, a thousand. We've seen it in other humans, glimpses of it, but imagine the God of the universe and the person of Jesus bringing that into the room. He must have been a really fun guy to have around parties, because I have friends that don't know the Lord, they wouldn't probably come to a religious service that Jesus was running. But he must have been so much fun that they wanted to hang out with him. And he could not have been preaching at them all the time at these parties, or he wouldn't have gotten invited back. Jesus had a sense of joy. I can imagine letting a few jokes maybe slide under the radar without responding, just recognizing that these people long for the same things that we long for, peace and joy, and he could be there to give it to them. For um, this one, as I was looking through the scriptures, I, I realized one of the good tidings was your patience. God has patience in wanting all people to come to repentance. That's the kind of God I want, somebody that is wanting to have us all come to repentance. There's another gift of knowing that one day we're going to shine. I've shared with you guys before, watch out for me because my red hair, when that light is shining through, is going to be bright. You might have to turn away. But one day, it says that we're going to shine. And the one story from the Transfiguration talks about he was shining so brightly. That's good tidings. We also know that the disciples are, he said, it's better for you that I go away so the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is in us. The shepherds couldn't have known about that. But we know that there is this great gift following the ministry of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And we get to be part of this temple that God is building as a home for the Holy Spirit. We also know that we have a Savior who knows us better than we know ourselves. It says he knows the number of hairs on our head. The shepherds could not have taken all of this in. But these were part of the good tidings that would unfold for all eternity for human beings. It also says that he's going to promise to reward us for our work. If you look at the end of Revelation, it says he brings his reward with him, each one according to his work. So what you do matters. The efforts that you make for the kingdom matter. It may seem that no one's watching. It may seem that they didn't turn out. But we have a God who is watching and brings his reward with him. He also promises to one day remove the curse. How many of you guys felt cursed by the elements? I did. uh, I was prepared for one section of the house for the pipes to freeze because we lost power yesterday all day of all days, right? And then just as we're getting ready to go, I realized the hot water in the mudroom sink, nothing came out. And I was like, ah. There's a curse that's involved in trying to make life happen. You know, part of us is like, I just want to have a place where I can eat and drink my coffee and read my book. And and it seems like such a battle that we have to struggle with just to make some of the basic things happen. We're battling a curse. And the future is a place where there's no more curse. That's good tiding that one day that will be um, with us. 
freedom from that. Another one is the hope of seeing our friends in heaven. I, I'm looking forward. I, as the older you get, you have people who are not at Christmas with you. But you have a hope of being with them again. Scripture says that we, don't, we shouldn't be ignorant about what happens. There is hope at the end. There's hope for reunion at the end. And there's a chance to see God's face. I couldn't handle it here. I couldn't handle it. But imagine what it's going to be like to look at God, to actually see the face of God. Imagine the things that would fall into perspective if we could see Jesus just for an hour. As you enter your time of celebrating Jesus and celebrating his coming, I'd ask you, what are the good tidings? I know what it was like to celebrate Christmases before I became a believer. And I know I was reaching for this kind of sense of empty uh, purpose. or It was empty, but it, it had some sort of fleeting thing to it that I would try to grab onto. And knowing that Jesus is present and Jesus is in my life allowed me, I remember the first thing that struck me as a believer was I no longer had to worry about missing out on something happening on a given weekend. I didn't like the decision of, oh, should I go here? Should I go to this concert? What if I miss this? The thought of time running out was something that bothered me before I knew the Lord. And I remember coming to faith in the Lord and realizing I'm an eternal being. I do not have to be so stressed out about doing all these things or having things just work out. Some of the things that could calm my mind could only come from a Savior powerful enough to pull it off. As you look at your life and even this year, what is a good tiding that you would say that the Lord has given you? And I know when we're in the game, we're just trying to, you know, get everybody through it. But pause and think, what has God given you in the gifts of what surrounds you, the people who surround you, the life that you've gotten to live, maybe even just experiences that you've gotten to have? James says that all good gifts come from the Father. God's given us good gifts, and there are eternal gifts that he's given us and spiritual ones as well. And the promise for me of knowing that he wants to come, John 14 says that if we obey, he's going to come and make his home with us. What greater thing could I ask for than to be part of the temple that God enters into? He's coming to be with us. He could have appeared in many different ways, but he came as a human being, and he's trying to draw us in. He's inviting us in, and we stand on the outside. We, are, we have a dog at home that lives outside, and so she's stubborn about it. But last night, I really tried to get her inside, and it was, I don't know what, it was like 7 or 8 at night. The dog would not come in. The dog would just flat out not come in. And so I had the cage set up. I had the, um, a pillow for her. Nope. I called. Nope. I tried cheese, you know. Nope. Even though it was offered to her, she didn't want it. She didn't want it. And how often we can find ourselves in the same spot. God's offering us something. Jesus is offering to, to come in, to bring light to a certain room in our, in, the, in our hearts, and we don't want to do it. We got, no, no, no. What are your no's that are in the way today? What are the kinds of things that you are leaving up that are blocking God's way in? If you could go back and talk to those shepherds, maybe the next day or when they'd had a good cup of coffee, what would you tell them? Look, 
this is what this means. When Jesus comes into the world, this is what this means. 2,000 years from now, this is what this means. Imagine the joy that would have even filled them more, knowing that the moment they got to be part of was the beginning of this whole new era of God with us. We have an awesome God that would be willing to come down and walk life with people like me who are so easily distracted or focused on the wrong thing, and yet he patiently draws us closer to him. I'm thankful to be able to worship. I'm thankful for this time. It's usually just an hour where we get to come, stop, and pause, and focus on the Lord. So I'm going to pray for us, and then um, what we're going to do, Lucas, and if you guys want to come up, you can sing the last song. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the blessing of being in this cafeteria, Lord, to turn it into a holy sanctuary. Lord, we ask that you would draw us near to you, that this Christmas time, if we haven't put our faith in you, that this would be the night that we no longer say no, that we would turn our hearts and confess you as Savior and recognize our need for you and invite you in. Lord, I ask that you would remove whatever things are in the way, Lord, whatever temporal things that are blocking the reception of your spirit, Lord, and that you would set us free to be a people of joy. You came saying tidings of great joy. I want to have that great joy. I want to know joy in my heart. You came so that our joy might be full and we need help getting past ourselves to receive it. So I pray for your peace. I pray for your insight. I pray for your strength. I pray that you give us what we cannot give to ourselves, the joy of truth in you. In Jesus' name, amen.